Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. Welcome back from your weekend. I'm Devin Kadiyama, host of The Bay. And for the rest of July, we're playing some of our favorite episodes from the last year. And this next one has a special place in my heart because it features my friends and partners here on the Bay, Erica Cruz Guevara and Alan Montecilio. It's an episode from back in early March when we were still sharing meals and roaming around outside together, as we did to celebrate our two-year anniversary of the show. Here it is. E-C-G! Hey, what's going on? Um, we're staying outside a good luck dim sum right now. Is this the place that Alan wants to go to? I believe it is. Alan's pumped. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Oh my god, he just did a, like a heel click. That's a this is next click. level editor. I'm just so excited to see you guys. I'm excited too. Uh, today is a big day. It's a special day for us because it is the Bay's birthday. We're two. What's the plan today? So we're going to hit up three different areas uh, in the bay. Spots that we have a particular love for and are going to play tour guide and show you why we love them. I'm Devin Kadiyama. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. And I'm Alan Montecilio. Welcome, Welcome to the, to the bay. bay. Bay turns two. I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. You get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. 
Thanks. Okay, so Alan Montecilio, editor of The Bay, where are we? We are in the inner Richmond neighborhood of San Francisco, uh, at around 8th and Clement. Um, and this is where I live. This is the neighborhood I live in. Whoa, so what brought you to this neighborhood? So when I was growing up, uh, my grandmother lived in South San Francisco for a long time. Um, my parents uh, came here for graduate school in the 80s. And so every summer we would come to the Bay Area. From where? Uh, from Hong Kong, actually, where, we, where I grew up. Um, the first time I came here, I'd, my sister was living here a few years ago. Um, and I walked around and I was like, this feels most similar to the place where I grew up than many, possibly any other place I had lived in the United States at that point. So, and that's why, actually why I'm in the Richmond. Like I grew up having dim sum pretty regularly and then when I moved around the States, I would wait, you know, <laughs> several months and it just like hurt me in my soul. <laughs> so yeah. now I live in a place where I can just get cash only dim sum on a regular basis and that makes me happy. Let's see if we can go in and get some, yeah, some, something to eat here. Yeah, let's do it. All right, going into good luck dim sum. Oh, yeah. We're here, um, oh, for uh, pork siu mai and uh, do you want a pork bun? I think a lot of people look at the Bay Area as like a very unique place in terms of like its diversity and I'm curious if the level of comfort that you have here is something that surprises you maybe. It definitely surprised me the first time I visited a few years ago and it's why when I was finding a place, trying to find a place to live, like I looked here first and I was very lucky to find a place I could afford. I think I was just surprised when I first came here that a place in the U.S. could feel similar to a place that's far away, that is often in my thoughts but is far away, and that in my day-to-day -day life I kind of just like tuck away in my mind and just do my regular day-to-day -day stuff, you know. And it's probably the first place I've lived in the U.S., which is, you know, the country I was born in but didn't grow up in, probably the first place I've lived in that feels familiar. And so, you know, when you ride the bus, and I don't know if this is a San Francisco thing or not, but, you know, when I take the 38 in, you'll hear the bus annou announcements in English and Spanish, and th which I'm used to hearing, but then you'll also hear it in Cantonese and Tagalog. You may even hear it in Cantonese for a second, I don't remember. Um, and I remember the first time I heard that, it kind of broke my brain a little bit. I wasn't expecting it. Um, it's just, just very, like, sensory. It's like the sounds, the taste, I guess. Just like the, the, the things you're used to seeing on a regular basis, you know? Yeah. Was there anything about the Bay Area that surprised you? You know, you can look at it on a map and, and intellectually know that it's big, but it's so big, you know? Like, we went out to, we went to Vallejo, where you live, mm -hmm. for a meetup. We've been to Martinez. Um, and I'd already been to, like, I'd been to Daly City, San Mateo, like... I'd been to Oakland, like, I, th there are parts in the Bay Area I'd already been to, but the idea that it was nine counties, and that includes, like, Napa and Marin, but also, you know, Silicon Valley, but also Oakland, but also Berkeley, and then even within San Francisco, there's so many neighborhoods. It seems like a basic point, but, but that's something I try to remind myself as I do this job. Which is why it's so interesting when we talk about, like, regional solutions to regional problems. It's like, it's, it's so hard and it's so complicated. My last job was in central Illinois and I was working on a show that aired all over the state. And one thing I just was on my mind a lot was it was really hard to like construct an, a region-wide identity that uh, everyone just like felt strongly about or like wasn't contested in some way. I'd imagine there are probably a lot of people who feel like 
the Bay Area identity might be driven just by San Francisco and Oakland, or maybe San Francisco, Oakland, and Berkeley. I don't know, or or Silicon Valley. You know? Um, no, yeah, I think you're right. I yeah. think that's that's a strong. Those are very strong identities here. Yeah, yeah. So one thing I care a lot about is like not saying one place is one thing. All right. So where are we heading to next, ECG? Lake Merritt. Yeah. All right, where do you want to, which spot do you want to sit in or? Have we told people why you go by ECG? I mean, it's obvious why you go by ECG, but notorious ECG. But you know who gave me that nickname? Who? Vinny Tong. What? When? Um, a long time ago, actually, and this was like before I was widely known as ECG, but like, like, there was like, like by the public, by the public, <laughs> <laughs> by the the the, people. the peoples. Well, I chose Lake Merritt because I grew up in Fairfield, California. I was born in Vallejo. Spent a lot of time in Vallejo. Very diverse places in the Bay Area, and. Anytime I met a friend from anywhere else who was like, I grew up around a bunch of white people who didn't look like me, I never identified with that because in high school, like the most popular girl was a Filipino girl. Like I grew up going to small Filipino grocery stores in the town that I grew up in. So I felt like I was seeing myself in my community, maybe not so much in the media, but I definitely saw myself in, in like, my neighbors and in um, my classmates. So when I moved back from Portland, one of the widest cities in America, and moved to... <laughs> where we've all lived, we've the three of lived, us. Which is crazy. And then moved to Oakland. I really loved coming to Lake Merritt because I just feel like it's such a... It's, it's the place where Oaklanders go. Like It's where you see your community just walking around in a circle. Yeah. Um, and I love that. Sometimes I'll stop over by that little cul-de-sac over there where those roller skaters are skating and dream of being one of them. You've been wanting to get into roller skating for a while. I've been wanting to do that for so long. Lake Merritt has a, a big history in Oakland. I mean, I don't know all of it, but it's it it has been the meeting spot for a lot of people in the city for decades. I mean, essentially since it's been here. Mm-hmm. And also a spot where some pretty big stories have come out of here. Um, you might remember Barbecue Becky. Um, the woman who called the police on the on the men, on the black exactly. men grilling, black family grilling. Exactly. And it reminds me a lot of, of Bart in a way and our episode on Bart yeah. and how, you know, in a, in a very segregated world that we live in, these parks or these libraries or art or public transit are the last few places where different people are are coming together in one space and there could be tension there there could also be really amazing things there though too like that part of the lake over there there's always that amazing drum circle where people just walk in and start joining in on the music making which is really amazing and i love that about lake marion Yesterday, I was just walking around the lake and this woman was walking her beautiful, large, white dog and begged us to come pet him. Uh (laughs) Any dog lover's dream is to not have to ask awkwardly and just have them offer to you. (laughs) 
And I don't know, you just, you can like walk around on one part of the lake and buy like a framed portrait of Nina Simone, which I have in my bathroom. <laughs> I don't know, it's just so amazing. This um, meeting place of all different kinds of people. Curious too about um, what it's been like for you to come back to the Bay Area and be a journalist here. Do you feel like your relationship to the Bay Area has changed? It's almost surreal to report on a community that you know so intimately. Um, sometimes people can forget that journalists are just regular human beings who have connections to the communities that they report on. Reporting on Vallejo was really surreal, knowing the street names, where those shootings happened, and driving past places where I, I would go to all the time growing up in the course of that reporting. So yeah, I think my I think it's definitely been surreal to kind of come from a place where like I didn't know at all and report there and kind of learn how to do that and then to come back to a place that's familiar and, and come back as a journalist I think it's really been a journey. Where are we headed next Devin Morris Karayama? So we are going about three miles from here to Temescal, my old neighborhood. just got out and the coffee shop I was planning on taking you guys to is actually closed apparently now, which I guess I'm not surprised. Um, but we can just walk down the street more towards my house and my old place and just see what we can come up with. Alright. Ali and I met at the bar up here, Kingfish. I met my wife at Kingfish. Shout out to Ali. She was in front of the jukebox and uh, like, why is Devin's life a rom-com? <laughs> yeah, so I moved to Temescal in 2015, and by that time, this neighborhood had already been gentrifying for a while, but just in the last, I guess, five years since I first moved here, a lot has changed. Like, there's been a lot of new restaurants that have come and gone, uh, a lot of new people have moved in. Um, so this is like definitely one of those neighborhoods that we talk about when we talk about gentrification, specifically in Oakland. So I grew up in the city of Sonoma, in the county of Sonoma, and that's where I spent the first 17 years of my life. So I went to college in New York City because I wanted to do stand-up comedy. What? After Yeah, you didn't know that? No. So after I failed out of that, um, I actually moved back to the Bay, I think in 2006. And then I, I worked at a law firm for two years in San Francisco. Uh, and then I moved up to Portland, and that's where I started volunteering in radio. Then I went to Chicago to volunteer at WBEZ, which is a public radio station there. And I also got my Master's of Arts in Journalism in Chicago. Then I just applied to all over the country for public media wound up in Louisville, Kentucky, where I was for four years before I moved back to the Bay. That's my route. When I moved here, it was definitely a brand new experience for me. I felt the same thing, ECG, that I think you were talking about earlier, which is just the diversity and feeling good about it. Um, and I grew up in Sonoma, which is very white. 
but I'm half Japanese and you know, it took me a long time to really tap into that part of my identity. And so when I came back here, I, I think there was just over the last like five years, a lot of introspective thinking that I've been doing. Um, and being in this neighborhood in particular, which is challenged with gentrification, which is challenged with this like narrative of, of who belongs and not, made me do like a lot of internal thinking as well about who I am. Two thousand fifteen, moved to Oakland. That's when Oakland was like on the the worst rents list. They started making like the rounds. You couldn't go anywhere without having a conversation with people about are you staying or are you leaving? Um, and you couldn't you couldn't help but to feel like that that pressure, that the housing market pressure. So so it felt mixed. I mean, up until this day, I'm still thinking about whether I'm going to stay or not, in a way. And why did you choose to bring us to this spot? So I think one of the things that I've really started thinking more about since I moved back to the Bay Area is, like, this idea of belonging. I think I really wanted to feel connected to a community because I had that in Louisville. And because I moved back here and, and thought, this is where I want to establish my, my life. So I had like all that surrounding, uh, surrounding the decision to move here. When I moved here, and that wasn't necessarily the case, I start. It's just it's a lot to kind of process and to put into context, like how much the Bay Area is changing around you and your place in it. And this is a great example of what I was going through, what I have been going through the past five years. This idea of reflecting on the change that you're making on a place like clearly when I moved here I was part of the gentrification um, but also like putting that next to what does it mean to be a part of a community and, and eventually belong my, my family is from the East Bay my grandfather grew up in Berkeley he was Japanese he was interned we have a house still in Berkeley so I felt more connected to the Bay Area when I moved back in that way my family's history but I also felt like I didn't belong and I felt further away, specifically Oakland, because I didn't come here growing up. I never came to Oakland. I always went to San Francisco if I went to the city. And so it's like this reconciliation of, of your place in, in, your, in your community. And so I feel like Temescal is a lot of that. It's the, it's the physicalness of like change, but it's also like where I was living and what I was going through over the last five years since I moved back to the Bay Area. There is something to be said about the people who can still afford to live here and, and afford to move back here, even if you have roots, in a way. And it's, it's like an interesting tension, I guess. Yeah. Like, now I just walk around and I'm constantly thinking about, why am I able to be here? Why do I choose to go here? Why are these the people I'm surrounded by? And if you're not thinking about that, I feel like that's what I hope the Bay does. It challenges what we think about when we walk through the Bay Area, when we walk through the world. And we get at that through news, but really a lot of what we're talking about are these deeper like complexities that we all have as people. What's uh, one thing you want listeners to know about the show that you think they don't know from listening to it? We spend a lot of time talking about the 10 to 15 minutes that you hear. Like, not only do we spend more time interviewing the reporter, 
and then that stuff gets cut. But like a lot of the ways we decide to approach a story or where we end on a particular story with what we want you to think about, there's like a lot of conversation that the three of us have that goes into that. The Bay is produced by me, Erica Cruz-Guevara, editor, Alan Montecilio, and Devin Karayama. KQED's senior leadership team includes Vinnie Tong, Julie Kane, Ethan Lindsay, and Holly Kernan. We also get help from Kiana Mogadam. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to get in touch with us, we're all on Twitter. Our show is at The Bay KQED. Devin is Radio Devin. I'm at Alan Montecilio. That's Alan with one L and M-O-N-T-E-C-I-L-L-O. And Erica is at Notorious ECG. You can also email us at thebay at kqed.org. We got a couple calls from the Bay co-founders. Hey guys, it's Vinny. I just wanted to say happy birthday. Um, I can't believe it's been two years. And I'm super excited about all the people who have started listening to The Bay uh, since we got started. Okay, bye. Hey, y'all. It's Erica. I'm so excited. It's your birthday. Yay. The Bay has been um, such a treat to have as a gay area resident to know what's going on in my community. Thanks for the hard work and all the great stories. Celebrate, y'all. I'm Erica Cruz-Guevara. I'm Devin Kadiyama. And I'm Alan Montecilio. See y'all next time. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast.